0: Today's word is hope. And the hymn, The Solid Rock, reminds us my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen. Stand with me, please, as we sing that, thinking about those words today. <clears throat>
1: morning, Brinesburg. We are so glad that you are here this morning on our first Sunday of our Advent celebration. And we are here for one reason, it's because our Savior came for us, He died in our place, and He has risen and soon to return for His bride, the church. And we are so thankful for that. And so we have reason to celebrate this morning because we do have that great hope together today. For those of you joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we'd like to welcome you again this morning. Again, those of you on Facebook Live, let us know in the comments section that you're with us. So glad that you've joined us this morning. For those of you, this may be your first opportunity to be with us here at Brinesburg. Happy to have you with us today. And you'll notice there in the pew in front of you, there's a card. If you'll take that out and fill it out for us. And there's an offering plate on the table out in the foyer as you're leaving this morning. Just drop that in that plate. Helps us to know of your attendance and how we can minister to you and your family and pray for you. And so glad to have you with us this morning. Several different things going on today that we want to draw your attention to. Uh, first of all, uh, today is our first Sunday of our week of prayer for international missions and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And so if you'd like to give, we do have our uh, special offering envelopes on the table out in the foyer. And you can grab one of those. Uh, but we pray for our missionaries who are all around the world, who are planning churches, who are taking the word of Christ to those who are in, uh, in places where it's very hard to reach Uh, folks, uh, Muslim countries, uh, in in many places where we can't even name where they're at. And so be in prayer for them this week. You have a guide here to help you uh, to pray through each day for these specific areas. Uh, But then also pray about what the Lord might have you to give. And we want to give faithfully again this year and give sacrificially uh, that the Lord might be, his name might be shared in lands all across this world. Um, Also, want you to notice that out in the foyer, several different things that you can Uh, help us with this Christmas season. Uh, First of all, our shut-in Christmas baskets. If you just sign up your individual, if it's a a family member, a friend, somebody, a neighbor you want to share with uh, this Christmas, we'll make up a basket for them. And then what you'll do is you'll come and get that basket and deliver it and make a visit. And as I've said, I believe those visits are probably more special to, to folks than even the basket itself. And so Uh, excited about that ministry once again this year but just sign those folks up in the foyer and uh, we will get those baskets made and we'll let you know when those are ready Um, also our christmas card exchange you'll see the decorated uh, mailbox out front and you can place the the the, uh, cards in there and then our youth will be dividing those out and getting them into the specific boxes for you to grab on your way out each sunday morning also our our angel tree shopping Uh, We'll begin Uh, Wednesday. We'll be going out and shopping for those 10 children. And so uh, if you and your children are going on that on that um, shopping trip with us, we'll be uh, meeting at the youth house this Wednesday at 530. And then you'll notice the uh, the, there's a special tree out in the foyer and you'll see those envelopes on there. If you'll take one of those envelopes and uh, put some money in for us to be able to support these kids in, uh, in getting these gifts to them this Christmas so they can know the love of Christ as well. Uh, many other uh, opportunities for you to be involved. You'll notice all the different rehearsal times and special times coming up this Christmas season, and we want you to uh, be a part of each and every one of those. Also got a note this morning. Um, Brother Cece is going to be celebrating his 80th birthday in 60 years in ministry, and there's going to be a celebration for Brother Cece on December the 10th at 6 o'clock at New Zion Baptist Church, and that's a surprise, so hopefully he's not watching, Okay. But um, wanted to let the church know about that, and so uh, that'll be at New Zion on the, on the 10th at 6 o'clock. So put that in your calendar, and I know that'll be a special time for them. Um, many other announcements, make sure that you're reading your bulletin, see all those things that pertain to you. Uh, again, this morning we do have many who are going through some serious health issues right now, even some that had to have surgery this morning. And so we certainly want to remember all of those and, and ask that uh, the Lord might uh, meet their physical needs. But as we come together, the most important need this morning is for those who don't yet know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And as we go through this Advent season, we do have a special opportunity, a a special openness from many uh, for us to be able to talk about the love of Jesus and to be able to share with them uh, how they can have a relationship with him. And so we want to take every opportunity the Lord might give us during this season of the year. And uh, so this morning, let's pray about that. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to go ahead of us, but also that we would have boldness. uh, to share as the Lord gives us opportunity. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Lord Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, we do thank you for the opportunity to join together in celebration of your coming to us while we are yet still in our sin and our depravity as, as we were still yet your enemies. You came to us because we could never have gotten to you on our own. And Lord, as you came, Lord, you you came because of your love for us. You came not to just be a a great teacher, not just to be a healer, uh, not to be some lawgiver, but you came that you might give us life through your sacrificial death upon the cross of Calvary and your resurrection from the grave. And so, Lord, today we have reason to celebrate more than just the baby that came and was laid in that manger, but we celebrate that that baby came, that he might go to the cross and die for our sins. And so today, Lord, we pray for opportunities to be able to share the gospel with those around about us, whether it's a family member or a friend, somebody we work with, go to school with. Lord, help us to have a holy boldness to share as you give us opportunity during this Advent season. Lord, today we do have a great hope, and that great hope is Jesus Christ. And Lord, help us to continually focus on him today. Lord, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we go throughout the season of Advent, we're going to have the special opportunity this year of uh, celebrating through these candles on our Advent wreath. And each of these candles will represent um, our different word uh, that we're focusing on each day. And today's word is hope. And uh, clearly this year has been challenging, to say the least. And there has been turmoil. Uh, There's been struggle for many of you as families. However, the hope of Christ remains and so this morning we light our first advent candle and this candle represents hope and reminds us of the words of Jeremiah in Jeremiah thirty-three fourteen 14 through 16. Behold the days come saith the Lord that I will perform that great thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah in those days and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land in those days shall Judah be saved and Jerusalem shall shall dwell safely and this is the name wherewith she shall be called the Lord our righteousness we praise the Lord let's continue to worship him today
0: Advent is a time of preparation (laughs) This carol we said, "Come, come, thou long expected Jesus." Let's sing that together, choir, please. Go, come, thou.
1: This morning we come together for this uh, opening time of prayer here at the altar, and as we come together, I know there are many who have needs on their hearts this morning, and we want to have the opportunity at the beginning of our service, not just at the end, uh, to be able to give those things over to the Lord, uh, those issues that are upon our heart this morning, and so maybe that's a loved one who needs Christ, maybe that's a health issue, maybe that's uh, a relationship that needs mending, Uh, but we want to have the opportunity to come this morning, and uh, just us and Jesus, and spend some time Uh, giving those things over to him and trusting him with them today. And so this morning, with every head bowed and with all eyes closed today, this altar is open. Come, let's spend some time in prayer together. Lord, this morning as we come, We recognize that many of us are desperate for the hope that only you can bring. Many of us are struggling this holiday season because it's the first. uh, And Lord, it's difficult uh, after the passing of a loved one. It's difficult because of uh, sicknesses and illnesses. Lord, it's difficult because, Lord, many of us know that we have a loved one who does not yet have a relationship with you. And so, Lord, today we give all of those hurts and concerns and and needs over to you, recognizing that those things that are burdens upon our hearts that are too heavy for us to carry are not too heavy for you. And that which seems to be impossible in our lives is not impossible for you to overcome. And so, Lord, this morning we hand it over. And, Lord, we know that you have called us to trust you. And so, Lord, as we lay it down, Lord, we trust you to take it from us. And, Lord, we will not take it back. Lord, we're going to leave it where it belongs with you, our Savior and our Lord. We thank you. Our great hope, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Ah, this joyous carol tells us to go tell it on the mountain. Stand with me as we sing together. again come on now go (laughs)
2: So a lucky shepherds on the hill Watching over their flocks With a fire against the chill And then the sky opened up With a heavenly light And before them stood an angel With a message in the night of gold begun There's a child there you've really got to see. Be not afraid, but be excited. You're the first to be invited. Go be down into the town, and once you've seen him, go tell everyone you see. That he's the one you've waited for. We're not waiting anymore. There's a shepherd's boy to show the way for you and me. He was there where heaven said he would be found. And they knew that they were standing. On the whole we asked to ground and then they thanked the Lord who led them to this wondrous sight. And they shared with everyone they met the message in the night. Go the into the town. There's a child there you've really got to see. Be not afraid, but be excited. You're the first to be invited. Go be down
3: and turn
2: the town. And once you've seen him, go tell everyone you see that he's the one we've waited for. We're not waiting anymore. There's a shepherd's boy to show the way for you and me. He's the one we waited for and we're not waiting anymore. There's a shepherd's boy to show the way for you
1: Thank you, Tim, for that special music, and uh, what an exciting day as we begin to get to sing these Christmas carols and to be reminded of uh, the the awesome, awesome truths of what Christmas is really all about, and uh, tonight we're going to be having the hanging of the green, or you might call it the lighting of the green, most of the green's up, uh, but uh, we're going to be lighting all of this, and there's just going to be some uh, really special things you're going to want to be a part of tonight as uh, we really kind of kick in. Uh, our, our great celebration of the coming, the first Advent of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, so we want you to be a part of that tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, this morning, turn with me as we begin uh, this, this study of Advent into Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. For those of you that are maybe getting the Advent devotionals from our association, dealt with some of that this morning in our, in our devotional this morning. Um, But we're dealing with the hope of Messiah, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 17. As you're turning there to Matthew chapter 1, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we thank you for your great love for us. Lord, we thank you that you came for us, and Lord, we thank you for what that means. Lord, we thank you that that changed everything for those of us who have that relationship with you. And Lord, today, help us to recognize uh, that this is not just a a wishful hope, but this is an assurant hope that we have in relationship to you uh, because of what you have promised to us, your children. Lord, I know that we've got some friends with us here today, and they don't yet know you as Savior and Lord. And so, Lord, they they don't yet uh, have this great hope within them. Uh, They're currently dead in their sin and in their trespasses. But, Lord, they don't have to stay that way. And so, Lord, today I'm thankful that today is the day of salvation. And, Lord, they can come to you. And I pray that that would take place as we spend this time together today. Lord, I know that I'm a very weak vessel. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, so that only you would be seen, and only you would be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 says this. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son... Of Abraham. Currently, everyone is hungering for hope. There are folks that will tell you they're they're hoping for a white Christmas. Uh, they're hoping that their team wins. I mean, if it's Kentucky, you're going to win, so that's that's going to happen. Uh, but uh, there's there's hope that uh, you know we're going to be able to go on another vacation this year. There's there's hope that the virus ha- has uh, ended and the spike of the virus has stopped. There's a hope that. Our families will stay healthy. There is hope that things are finally going to get back to normal. We all feel so helpless in many ways to control much of anything in our lives that it seems like people are at that place where they're willing to, to just argue over anything. There's a desire to control, and so they have an opinion, a strong opinion about everything. I told Robin yesterday, I said, If you spend any time on social media, people will fight about anything. Have you noticed this? And I'm not talking about serious stuff. Like, they'll fight about, you know, like, what a a Disney princess movie really meant or, or, you know, parts of Star Wars or Marvel movies or whatever it may be. And they have very strong opinions. In fact, some of you may have felt like you were walking on eggshells during Thanksgiving because anything that you might say would turn into a political rant from somebody in the family. I mean, we were just so hungry for hope. And we realized that the only hope for any of us, the only hope for us as individuals, uh, for our families, for, for our community, for our state, for our nation, for the world, the only hope is found in the gift that came to us on that first Christmas. Now, Matthew's chief, chief objective here in, in writing his gospel is to present Jesus Christ. ...as the rightful king of Israel, and thus as the promised Messiah who had been hoped for for so long. So Israel had been waiting for thousands of years for the fulfillment of God's promise of Messiah. That promise had, had really been given uh, to Adam. Uh, you know, He had spoken of it uh, as uh, the curse was, was brought upon the world because of our sin... And yet even right there, uh, the promise of Messiah was given that, that there would be a seed that would crush the head of our enemy. Uh, but yet we also see it then uh, being given to Abraham and then through the prophets we continually hear this promise. There, there had been so many reminders uh, throughout all of Israel's history that had renewed the hope in God's people's hearts that God would send them Messiah. Messiah. But Messiah would have to fulfill all of those prophecies. All of those would have to be fulfilled in order for that hope to finally be realized. And to this end, Matthew begins his gospel presentation with this listing of Jesus' lineage from the royal line of Israel. Now, for many of us, um, and I'm not going to ask for you to raise your hand because many of you probably would have to raise your hand. Many people skip over Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Because how you know it's just a bunch of names, right? How could it be all that important? But it was very important. It was of the utmost importance for Matthew's first century readers. This would have been of the utmost importance because the Jews had always been concerned with their pedigree. And that can be seen in the Old Testament with the dividing of the land into territories based upon tribes. In fact, the, the Levites... Uh, who desired to be priest had to provide proof that their lineage could be traced back directly to Levi. So if Jesus were to be proclaimed king, then there had to be proof that he could trace his lineage back to David and thus be able to fulfill the prophecy that had been given in 2 Samuel 7, 12-16, which states, "...and when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers." I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels. And I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. And if he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. So by providing this lineage, Matthew is proving that Jesus is both the ideal king from the line of David and the ideal Israelite from the line of Abraham. Abraham. It is both interesting and also very significant that after the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, no genealogies exist at this point that can trace the ancestry of any Jew who is now living. The primary significance of that fact is that for those Jews who still look for the Messiah, his lineage to David could never be established at this point. Jesus Christ is the last verifiable claimant to the throne of David and therefore to the Messianic line. Christ, that word Christ is Greek. It's the Greek form of Messiah, which means the anointed one. So Israel's prophets and their priests and their kings, we look throughout um, the Old Testament, they were all anointed. And Jesus here is anointed as all three, as prophet, priest, and king. And so as we look at Jesus' genealogy, what we see here is hope. Every one of these names reminds us of the hope that we have in Christ. Starting with Abraham, the promise that from his line would come the hope for all nations, not just for Israel, but for every nation, for us as Gentiles as well. David, the man after God's own heart, was promised that his descendants would sit upon the throne forever with the exile. To Babylon, there was always that promise of the people's return, and that one day a descendant from the line of David would once again sit upon the throne of Jerusalem. The listing of each of these names is not so much about the grandeur of each of the names listed, but it's far more about the grace, and it's far more about the great hope that God's plan was continually unfolding. Only by God's grace. Were any of these individuals able to be included in this line to Messiah? Only by grace are any of us included in the family of God today. And as this precious hymn reminds us, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And so that's our focus this morning. As we come to Matthew chapter 1, we're going to begin by looking at verses 16 and 17. Please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. And listen closely. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David unto the carrying away to Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. You may be seated. Here in verse 16, something very important takes place. We see hope rekindled with one woman. Hope was rekindled within the womb of Mary, a young teenage girl. Now Mary, you wouldn't have expected for God to have used somebody like Mary. Mary was, by the standards of man, very ordinary. She wasn't um, famous in the sense of she wasn't well-known, uh, her, her family wasn't well-known, she didn't come from a royal line, she was, she was pretty much just a, a normal peasant girl. Uh, we see that she was also a woman. And now what is the significance of that is the fact that in the first century, women didn't have very many rights. In fact, a woman in that day would have been considered pretty much the property of her husband. But most importantly, we see here, that Mary is a sinner in need of a Savior herself. And that's significant. Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 48 tells us, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall, be call, shall call me blessed. So the Bible only speaks here of. Of the grace that Mary received from the Lord. She received grace from the Lord. Now, the Roman Catholic Church elevates Mary to the place of the dispenser of grace, but this is never the case in Scripture, as Mary is always shown as the humble bondservant here of God. Now, why did Mary rejoice in God, her Savior, here? Well, because she too was desperate for hope to be realized because she, like you and I, desperately need a Savior, and God had sent him in this precious little baby, Jesus Christ. Did Mary realize a a, a special measure of, of grace through the privilege of burying the Son of God? Well, certainly she did. God showed her grace in a wonderful way, but Mary was never the source of grace herself. God's choice of a sinful young woman to have the unequal privilege of giving birth to Messiah and and bringing our great hope into this world, rekindled hope for the entire world. But secondly, we look at verse 1 together again. He says, the book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And we see hope was ignited with two men. Now, who were these two men? Of course, these two men that are mentioned here in verse 1 are David and Abraham. David and Abraham were sinners whom God chose to use in a great way. They were saved by God's grace, and then they were used for God's own glory. David is stated in Scripture as being a man after God's own heart. But God was certainly working on David's heart continually. David sinned terribly in committing adultery with Bathsheba. David then had Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, killed in a way of trying to hide his own sin. David had slaughtered countless men in battle. In fact, that's the reason that God did not allow David to build the temple. David was a poor father. Uh, He certainly failed to discipline his children. Um, In fact, Absalom even tried to overthrow his father through armed rebellion. Some of us may think that our children are rebellious. Hopefully it never gets to the place of armed rebellion. Uh, But that's something that David literally experienced, was running for his life away from his son Absalom. We see in Abraham, though a great man of faith, he did twice lie to foreign kings about Sarah being his wife. And this brought shame on himself and Sarah and God. Abraham tried to take matters into his own hands and he took Hagar to bear a son instead of trusting God's great promise that that God would give him a son. And the results of that decision, we look around us today and in the Middle East, we're still experiencing the consequences of, of Abraham choosing to try to do things his own way. Abraham was the father of God's chosen people, Israel. And David was the father of the royal line from which the Messiah would come. Jesus was the son of David by royal descent. And David was the fa- And we see that, that he was the son of Abraham by racial descent. Notice the lives of Abraham and David. And even their descendants point us to the coming of Messiah. We see Abraham's descendants. Isaac was the son of promise. And as we saw this morning, if you, if you were with us for our, our time of Sunday school at 10 o'clock, uh, then we looked at this, that Isaac was the son of promise. He was that type and that picture of the sacrificial Savior, being that he was willing uh, to place himself as that great offering. And we know that Jesus gave himself willingly to be the offering for our sins, to atone for our sins. And we see that Jacob became Israel, and his sons became heads of the tribes of Israel. We see that David's descendant, Solomon, uh, David's son, was wise and, 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 and peaceful. But he was also a very foolish man. To be the wisest man, he was also the most foolish man in the fact that he did what God told him not to do. He went and he married foreign women and they turned his heart away from God. And that led uh, Solomon to idolatry and, and his idolatry led the people into idolatry and led the people away from Their complete devotion to God. And yet, the great hope of Messiah continued through the line of two very sinful men. And a a look at, at these descendants reveals people who were often unfaithful, often immoral, often idolaters, often apostate. However, God still chose to use the line of these men to send the greatest gift of grace that the world has ever known. In Jesus Christ our great hope came through sinful men and so we look at verse 17 it says so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations and from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations and so we see hope sustained through three generations first we look at Abraham to David And we see the patriarchs, we see Moses and Joshua and the judges. A period of wandering, of enslavement in foreign lands, of deliverance, of covenant making and law giving, of conquest and of great victories. All of which is overshadowed by that great hope that is continually given of a redeemer, of the Messiah who would come. And then we see David to the deportation To Babylon, this is the monarchy. Israel learned that trading God as king for man as king is never a wise trade. Israel learned that human kings lead the people away from God. Israel learned that that human kings lead the people into trouble. Israel learned that human kings lead the people away from peace and prosperity. And so this was a period of almost uninterrupted decline, apostasy, and tragedy. We see during this time period of the kings, we see defeats, we see conquest, then we see exile. We even see during this time period the destruction of the holy city of Jerusalem and even the destruction of the temple itself. The only godliness that is seen in this time period comes in the lives of four kings, David, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah. And Josiah. And yet the hope of Messiah continued. The promise of God never wavered. Then we see the deportation to Babylon to the time of Christ. That time period is referred to as Israel's Dark Ages. We see during this time period captivity, we see exile, we see frustration. We really just see a marking of time. Most of those listed in that area are unknown other than this particular listing of the genealogy leading up to Jesus Christ. This was a period when God did not speak to the people over a period of 400 years, and thus it was characterized by darkness and inconsequence. It's amazing to see Israel rise and fall, stagnate and finally reject and crucify the Messiah that God had sent to them but God God in his great grace sent his Messiah through these very imperfect people what a great hope we have but then look with me at verses 3-6 through six. and Judas begat Perez and Zerah and Tamar and Perez begat Ezrom and Ezrom begat Aram and Aram begat Abinadab and Abinadab begat Naason, and Naason begat Solomon, and Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. We see hope for all in the inclusion of four outcasts. Now, as we look at this listing, we see some very unlikely characters. We begin with Tamar. Tamar, the Canaanite daughter-in-law of Judah. Judah had promised to give his third son to Tamar as a husband after God had literally taken the lives of his first two sons because of his first two sons' wickedness. Judah failed to keep his promise. He didn't do what he said he would do. And so Tamar disguises herself as a prostitute and tricks Judah into fathering her child. Now, that's some pretty sordid stuff, isn't it? This sordid this deed, though, gave Tamar twin sons of Perez and Zerah. And despite prostitution, despite incest, God's grace fell on all three of those undeserving people, including this desperate and deceptive Gentile harlot. There truly is hope for everyone. But then we look at Rahab the harlot yet again a Gentile yet again a prostitute but this time Rahab was a prostitute by occupation it's it's what she did this was her profession her profession in Jericho was that she was a prostitute she protected though the two Israelite men whom Joshua had sent to to spy out the city and she lied to the king's messengers about these men's whereabouts Because of her fear of God, she had greater fear for God than she did for the king of Jericho. And so we see here that God spared her life and the life of her family. And when the city was destroyed and she was brought into the messianic line as the wife of Solomon and the mother of godly Boaz, who was David's great-grandfather, there truly is hope for everyone. We see Ruth, the wife of Boaz. Ruth was also a Gentile that God used in a mighty way. Ruth's husband, an Israelite, died at an early age while living in Moab, and Ruth returned to Israel with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Ruth was a sensitive woman, and she loved the Lord and had accepted him as her own God. And while living in Israel, God used Ruth's life and her relationship with Boaz to paint that beautiful picture for us of the kinsman redeemer that would point to our Messiah, Jesus. And through, though, though she was a Moabite, though she was a foreign pagan, a, a former pagan with no right to marry an Israelite, God's grace not only brought Ruth into the family of Israel here. But later, through Boaz, into the royal line, she became the grandmother of Israel's great king, David. There truly is hope for everyone. But then we see Bathsheba. Bathsheba is actually not even mentioned here by name. She is simply referred to as the former wife of Uriah. We have already mentioned the way that David sinned with Bathsheba. They had that sword affair with one another. And then we see that in order to try to cover it up, that King David had a a trusted soldier, Urias, killed in battle. Now this child of that adulterous affair died in infancy. But they had another son. Their next son, Solomon, was the successor to David's throne. And by God's grace, Bathsheba became the wife of David, the mother of Solomon, And the ancestor of Messiah. There truly is hope for everyone. We see hope realized with the first advent here of Messiah. You see, as we read these names, these are not meaningless uh, names that have no bearing on God's gracious plan. These are names of people whose lives point to the beautiful grace of a loving God who always keeps his promises. God used imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plan of sending his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to be the friend of sinners who did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance and faith in him. Do you need to come to this king, this great hope today? If there is hope for a prostitute and a pagan, then there is hope for you this morning as well. God's grace is being offered to you this morning. The question is, is will you receive him? You see, if you don't yet know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are currently living in spiritual death. You're currently living under the wrath of God. You're currently living separated from him. This morning is the day of salvation. Today is the day that he is offering you the opportunity to come into a relationship with him. The question comes is, will you receive him? Will you say yes to him whether you're a a young boy or a young girl, a, a, an adult, a senior adult. If you don't know Jesus, then today is the day. You can't know this great hope without a relationship with Christ. And so I invite you to come. But maybe this morning you recognize that you need to make this church your church family. You need to begin to do what God's called you to do in, in this place. And you, you want to come this morning and, and unite with, with this fellowship of believers. But maybe this morning you know the Lord's calling you. You know He's calling you to a specific ministry, and you just want to to say yes to Him. Maybe you don't understand all the ins and the outs of exactly where God's wanting you to be used, but you just know you need to say yes. We invite you to come and to make that known to the church that we might pray for you and with you this morning. How's the Lord speaking to you today about this great hope that we have a Messiah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the great hope that we have in Jesus and Lord this morning I thank you for the way that you continually remind us uh, that you are a, a God who who keeps his promises Lord as you gave those promises for thousands of years through the Old Testament and you kept them in the first advent of Jesus Lord you're continuing to promise us that you will come again for us your bride the church and we can trust you today as well. And, Lord, there are some here today who have not yet trusted you the first time in their own heart personally. Maybe their family is faithful Christians, mom, dad, grandparents, even brothers and sisters who know you, but they don't. Lord, I pray that today they would have the courage to, to say yes to you and, Lord, begin this relationship that truly does change everything. Lord, some may need to come and, and become a part of this church fellowship and part of this church family, and I pray that they might come. But still others, you may be speaking to their hearts about a ministry that you're calling them to. And Lord, maybe they're they're a little bit apprehensive, a little bit scared even this morning, but Lord, give them the courage to step forth and say, yes, Lord, I wanna do what you've called me to do. My answer to you is, is yes. Yes, Lord, use me. Or this morning, have your will, have your way, in each heart and in each life, to your honor and to your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we stand and as we sing, would you come? Else, you come now if you need to take the hand of a friend or a family member. glad that you were here with us today. Again, want to invite you back, 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, we're going to be having the Hanging of the Green, a lot of special things going on for you, for your kids, grandkids. It's going to be a special night, and we want you to be a part of it all uh, All December, in fact. We're going to be having special uh, special times each Sunday night at 6, and we want you to uh, make that a part of, of your uh, Advent season this year. Uh, again, we have a very important uh, practice in here tonight at 4.30 uh, for choir and and sound folks and narrator, everybody, uh, be here at 4.30 as we begin to practice here in the sanctuary uh, for ch- for Christmas changes, everything. And we want you to be uh, inviting folks to that as well. So a lot going on, a lot of opportunities for you to be plugged in. Brother Tim, get us in prayer.